Yo, we in. Hola. What is up? No, I thought you were learning French. Hmm? Hola. What oh, is that? Oh, shit. That's not French. <laughs> you uh, learned, you've been learning the wrong what, language this whole time. What have I been, what have I been doing? <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. All right. How you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling good. I feel like we've both been pretty busy this week. Haven't seen each other much. Yeah. 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 You've been working a lot? Yeah. I'm tired. It's all good though. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna kill this, <laughs> kill this podcast. I've actually I think like this is the most like stuff I've had coming into a podcast. Yeah, I just said before we started, I was like, "Yo, I don't have a lot. Get rid of free ball this." And you were like, "I'm ready. I've got stuff." <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm proud. Uh-huh. I was doing my my last minute cram. I was just like looking through like the yeah. news of the week and like, what's worth talking about. Right. It wasn't a very busy week in like the newsy sense of, of stuff we like to talk about. Right. Uh, what's some, uh, what, what's some you got? Hit, uh, okay. So, so fucking prove, start prove your with, worth. I'll, I'll start off the, the, the podcast with, uh, with sports. Okay. I want to like specifically call out two specific events that have happened, uh, coinciding with, uh, the last, UFC event. I forgot what two thirty six. Is that what? Yeah, I think it was two thirty six. Yeah, the the John Jones. Yeah. Um there's Anthony Smith. For, yeah, for Anthony Smith. Um there's two specific events um that I saw like after like since we've recorded this past podcast <clears throat> that I thought were really cool. Um and they're really classy moments um by by people in the face of adversity and loss, right? Okay. Number one um was uh Tyron Woodley's mom. Tyron okay. Woodley's kind of kind of weird, right? Okay. Tyron Woodley's mom immediately after uh, the fight, where her son had just lost the belt, right? Just got dominated. Yeah, just got dominated. Went up to Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman's literally like still riddled with sweat. Is this like in the back or as he's walking back? As, as he's like like yeah, it's like in the hallway or something. So this is like right left. after Colby Covington got in his face and yeah. shit too. Okay. Yeah. Right. She went up to him. Gave him a big hug mm-hmm. and like whispered into his ear. His ear, she said. Whispered um, into his ear. <laughs> into his ear. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she told him, "Look, like this is your time now. Like my my son wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come after you, and you have to be ready." And she's just like, "Yo, that's a like, real wrestling mom. Yeah, that's a real wrestling mom. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, and that's it, fucking cool. Um, yeah, she just, like but, she knows the she knows the life. Yeah. She understands it. Yeah, she knows the life, but it was also like she just just came in with a lot of love. Yeah, and was like like you did great. You know, that's awesome. You know, immediately after you know her son just lost this. Yeah, fight. good for you, Mama um, Woodley. So just yeah, really." Uh, Class move by yeah. Mama Woodley. That's really cool. Because um, I don't know her name. But um, number two. Yo, what if we called our our body parts by what they did? <laughs> you said here's and it made me think about it. <laughs> like, what if you were like, I've my C's aren't working. I'm blind. <laughs> my sound... I broke my smells. <laughs> I got into a fight. Somebody punched I broke me. I broke, did my my, sm- I broke to did my smell. <laughs> <laughs> I have 10 feels. <laughs> We're really inverting our roles today, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming in with all this chaos. Uh, I'm I, like, I come in with a structured conversation. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Uh, number two, as far as another uh, class mm-hmm. act. Uh, Robbie Lawler. 
That's that boy. Robbie Lawler. After his um, really controversial uh, loss mm-hmm. uh, to Ben Askren. Um, the, the, for those that didn't watch the, the last episode or, mm-hmm. or see the fights, um, Ben Askren got him in a got, bulldog. Uh, so. Yeah, got uh, Robbie Lawler in a bulldog choke. And it looked like Robbie Lawler was out, and Herb Dean uh, may have uh, stopped the fight too early. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Lawler immediately got up after uh, Herb Dean called the fight. And was like, hey, man, I'm good. And um, like, Herb was and, like, I don't know, man. And Herb, like, like you, you, could, you could tell he was uh, kind of fucked up about it. Yeah. Um, but after the fight, uh, right before um, uh, he's about to raise uh, Ben Askren's hand, mm-hmm. uh, R- Robbie Lawler... Goes up to Herb Dean and he says, "Hey, don't worry about it. You're one of the fucking best in this business." He said that in the octagon. He said that. Yo, in why the wasn't octagon. that on the uh, I, uh, production? Through, why wasn't that on like live? That's I awesome. Don't know. Uh, I I saw it on Instagram after, wow. after I was scrolling through it. I was like, "Fuck, that's such a cool moment." Like yeah. he literally like got into his ear and I was just like, "Hey, man, don't you fucking worry about it. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. You're one of the fucking best in this business. He is he's the best in the you're, world. Like you're a fucking you're a bad motherfucker. Yeah. So like, do not worry about this, man. I saw that after the fight that he was the people. You know, they always do their post fight interviews and everything. Mm-hmm. And people asked him about it, obviously. And he was like, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so... Like, he's one of the most game dudes. He's just such... Right. He's such a fighter. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. He's but, awesome. Uh, but yeah, but like even... That's awesome. But even people right who are like game, that. who love uh, like being... Uh, aren't as sportsmanlike yeah. as that, you know? And that was just like a fucking really class act. And I wanted to call yeah. out Robbie Lawler. Yeah, Robbie Lawler's dope. He's dope. Oh, another thing. So I've been watching some UFC shit, like like some Joe Rogan shit, some uh, mm-hmm. Israel Adesanya highlights and stuff. <laughs> Yo, that boy good. Dude, oh my god. That boy good. Oh my god. If anyone fucking loves the art of striking, fucking watch some Israel Adesanya kickboxing the last highlights. Style oh bender. My fucking god. Do you know he's New Zealand? He's from New yeah. Zealand? I didn't know that. Yo, why do you think I, it'd be so hype when him and Robert Whittaker? Because like I thought that he like he because he doesn't have an accent, right? No, I think he was I think he was born there and lived here, but I'm not positive. Mm. Like Ben Simmons that style, make, almost. Okay, like, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm not positive, but I think that. Like, the, I thought that he grew up in New York or something. Mm-mm. Like that was in my brain for, for some reason. But, but maybe his first fight was in New York. Yeah, the first or like the first yeah. fight that I saw him in. Um, which was his last fight bef- before, before this. Yeah. yeah. Um, ah, oh, dude, he's so fucking anybody that loves the, the art of striking. Look up fucking Israel's on a, uh, okay. He's Nigerian born new and New Zealand and lived in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, but he doesn't have a, uh, accent. No. The last Stylebender is a top tier nickname too. So like Dude, I yeah that's, the, that's one thing I wanted to talk about like his fucking personality mm-hmm. is amazing yeah dog there was a fucking clip on YouTube of him fucking knocking this dude out or presumably out right knocking this guy down and uh, they give this guy uh, fucking ten seconds to stand up right because yep. kickboxing rules yeah fucking. At, like the first time that he knocks him down, Israel Adesanya goes to the corner because like there's it's like a tradi- traditional boxing ring, mm-hmm. right? He goes to the corner and lays across the uh, the ropes like like he's taking a nap. <laughs> it was fucking gangster, right? Yeah. But the guy gets up and you're like, oh shit, he's not out, mm-hmm. right? Israel Adesanya gets back into the fight, right? Knocks him cold <laughs> within like three seconds, dude. 
I was like, oh my god. That dude was dude. A, that dude was trying to have his Rocky moment, and Adam Sandler was like, nah, dog. School, nah. This is over, fucking homie. Fucking schooled him. Dude, he's such he's got such a good personality mm-hmm. too. Like on top of uh Yo, I, he's one of those dudes where like when I saw him when he was really young, like he's still really young, mm-hmm. but like in one of his first fights, I was like, mm-hmm. that's I it's the same reaction I had when I first saw Francis Ngannou, yeah. where I was like, that dude's gonna win a belt one day. Right. It's just he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I went back and actually watched the Anderson Silva Israel Adesanya fight. Oh, you finally saw mm-hmm. it? It was yeah. awesome. The end of that first round is so fucking cool because yeah. you have Anderson Silva doing his like traditional yeah. uh, fucking hand movement mm-hmm. shit, and then uh, Israel Adesanya fucking at the very end of the he round. He does that thing. <laughs> does the fucking Matrix yeah. Kung Fu uh, <laughs> shit. It's, it was so cool. Yeah, it's great. It and really you could cool. really feel the respect during that fight yeah. like from Israel. He was like, this is yeah. my idol. It was like... Uh, I don't know. It was like if one of the the kid quarterbacks in the NFL was like playing against Tom Brady because mm-hmm. Tom Brady's that old that they grew up watching him, like Jared Goff or something, like, like you, the Super Bowl. Have you like seen anything from uh, Israel as far as like why why he's his his idol? Like uh, not specifically. So, so the thing that like blew him away when watching Anderson Silva was like, oh, like who's this skinny black dude beating mm-hmm. up people? Cause like he kind That's, of had it in that, his brain that, that you had to be like a, me. yeah. Yeah. Um, but like he kind of had it in his brain that like, you if had you were huge, you had to look yeah. like rampage or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like, who's this skinny black dude, uh, kicking ass, you know? And I thought that was like really cool. Yeah, it was like, a, it was like a, like a beastie boys Eminem moment, moment, you know, like, like Eminem always talks mm-hmm. about how if the Beastie Boys didn't exist, he wouldn't have started yeah. making rap. Yo, I mean, th- those those are the reasons why like diversity and representation is important. Yeah, and uh, I feel like a lot like I feel like a lot, especially like older white people. I right. feel like you'll be like, uh, they're trying to do something different, and they'll be like, ugh, they're just making that choice to be diverse. Like you mm-hmm. hear like comic book nerds talk about it a lot with like the casting of a character or something. Right. They get really mad about it. It's like, but if you can't empathize and understand why those things are important, mm-hmm. I think you need to take a step back and sort of retool your thinking and understand why diversity and representation is important. Cause then you can inspire the next generation, the next people up to be a, to bring a new dimension mm-hmm. to a sport, a culture, anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And yeah, also if you're a white person, like you've never had to go through that. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. So you like you have to actually like put yourself in someone else's shoes to think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I guess unless like the only thing you ever watched growing up was like Fresh Prince and the Cosby show and stuff like that and you're like, "Yo, there's there's just a bunch of well-off African Americans. <laughs> Where's all the people that look like me?" <laughs> You never saw like 90% 99% of the things that exist <laughs> That'd be wild You just watched Urkel and shit uh, Yeah fucking yeah. You know another thing that I realized When I was fucking watching all these like YouTube videos On the UFC and shit What? Like I'm never gonna feel bad about pronouncing Someone's name Yeah wrong, it's hard dude. man Well, No dude dog Murray Sharipov Okay that that is just difficult in itself, right? Nailed it. But Joe Rogan. Oh yeah, he writes things phonetically. Th- that's fine. Yeah, he writes phon- things phonetically. You know, in order. To, but uh, fucking in one of his, the first fights that he did that interviews because uh, he didn't uh, start off commentating. Yeah. Um, he just did post fight interviews mm-hmm. and his uh, first post fight interview. <clears throat> 
or one of the first fights he did. He was doing post young interviews. Joe Rogan, super young hair Joe ha- Rogan has hair Joe Rogan yeah. right? Fucking called Vitor Belfort, Vitor? Victor oh. Belfort. That's like people. And calling he did you, it multiple. That's like times. people calling you Chris Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but did it like five times throughout that interview, oh and God. then did it in like. Uh, uh, in events after that too. Oh my god! Uh, and he also like he called Chuck Liddell Chuck Lydell. Like I was Weird. like I was like damn you I'm, scrub. <laughs> no, no 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 I was like I was like I was like that makes me feel better. Yeah you yeah. know like fucking that yeah, I man. I mispronounced. Listen uh, I never Helen Marulis, I never know? feel bad about not knowing how to pronounce something from the way it's written. One if you're reading something in English the English language is stupid it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Two if you're reading like someone's name you don't know what the base root of that name is mm-hmm. i mean like if you say victor instead of vitor that's you're just being a dummy but like <laughs> you know last names and shit yeah. i'm not once you correct me i'll say it right like reese's pieces <laughs> you know someone with that last name no just i'm talking about words in general i know someone with that one no you don't mm-hmm. yo did you see junior knocked out Derek lewis last night Oh, really? That's three knockouts yeah, in was, a row for Junior I wasn't, since his return from his suspension. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch any of those fights. A lot of people are thinking they're going to, because this was supposed to happen like two years ago or a year and a half ago. Right. People think they're going to line up Junior and uh, Ngannou for like a title eliminator mm. fight. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Junior can wrestle, right? Yes. Is he going to wrestle? No. Nah. They're going to slug, dog. You know it. Hey. I mean, he didn't wrestle Derek Lewis at all. Yee. Derek Lewis is like known for being a wrestler, right? That's like, true. like if I were Junior Dos Santos, I'm striking with that's Derek true. Lewis. Yeah, but the, the, but Francis Ngannou is like the one person the one, you don't want to. The thing that with. Derek Lewis is most for is his knockout power. Derek Lewis, yeah, for sure, and his ability to do it even late in fights when he's exhausted. Yeah, he's but, finished dudes. Okay, so he has knockout power, right? But yeah, like, huge knockout power. He's not like a. Yeah, maybe he should take him down. Yeah, yeah, tire sure. him out. Yeah. yeah. He's not like a like I wouldn't say a polished striker, mm-hmm. but he'll fucking. You have to wreck heat up you. them balls, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you defeat Derek Lewis. Yo. That's his kryptonite. No, he won that fight. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but he like you. You have to. His balls weren't hot enough. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, he was got to knock him out. Supernova. Yeah. Oh my god. Yo, I like Derek Lewis. Like, Der- I don't. I don't like. He's the kind of fighter where you're like, I don't think he'll ever win a belt. Mm-hmm. And he had his shot last year. He lost. Mm-hmm. But like, he's just such a fun dude. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, great personality, and he gets so tired. He almost makes like he's very relatable, you know. <laughs> when you see him in the third, fourth round, and you're like, "That dude's gassed," but he's still fighting really hard. You really respect it. <laughs> you got more uh, sports stuff? Yeah. You still you still throwing at me? Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else as far as sports. Stuff. All right, let's talk about a couple other things then. Hold on. Oh, you 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 do I have. I told stuff. you I did some you shit. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the Lakers at all. I put Lakers like question Everybody's mark. been talking. That's about what the I'm Lakers. saying. It's like everybody's talking about it. And yeah. my thing is like, th- th- there's been way too much overreaction in the direction of this is LeBron's fault or this ch- this changes LeBron's legacy. And I'm like, no, he missed 18. Like if he wasn't hurt they for a quarter the of the season, they'd be fine. It's mm-hmm. that, and that's the end of the story for me. Right. Like. We all knew this was a bad team that he was moving to. We all knew that the offseason moves they made once they got him were bad. Right. And now we all, like, when he missed 18 games, that was a kiss of death. Like, yeah. it's not, it's being overreacted to, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Well, so, and just overly talked about. Like, well, yeah, it's because it's, 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 I, I scroll through the podcast. It's because it's the perfect storm. It's it's Los Angeles meets LeBron. So every, it's just it's going to be all over all networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Antonio Brown finally got traded last night. Yes, I did see that. Because when we saw Captain Oakland Marvel, Riders. when we saw Captain Marvel the other night, there was a report that he was being traded to the Bills. Right. Which there was a hysterical joke. I think it was on Reddit or Twitter or something. There was somebody was like, "That's like the Steelers are sending him to the wall in Game of Thrones." <laughs> so I'm like, that's funny. But uh, apparently, when he found out about that Bills trade, it was like lined up. They were ready to go, and he was like, he like leaked out some information where he was like, you know, I don't. If I don't get traded somewhere or I want to play, I'll just sit out. I'll just do that shit. I don't, I, he was like, I don't need football. Is he going like full? He bad was like, guy? he was like, I don't, I don't, I have, I have a blonde mustache. I don't need football. Is he just going like? Oh yeah, he's gone full heel turn. Yeah. He's an asshole, right? Which is kind of weird because his, he's always worked really hard to project an image about himself as being like this really hardworking and happy, fun loving guy. Always has a big smile, right? Stuff like that. But uh, like in the last like year or two. There have been a lot of like little reports about his personal life and him being like a really shitty person, like really mm. weird family situation with his kids and different baby mamas and like weird, weird personal life stuff. But I, and I don't know how much of it's true or how much of it is speculation and how much of it was good or bad reporting, but like, like some troublesome things like <clears throat> stuff. Well, like prior teammates, right? Like there was, yeah, like, like there's, yeah. And stuff with like, uh, like he has he has like favoritism with kids with certain mothers and ignores other kids. It's very weird. Okay. But, uh, he's a f- fucking damn good football player. Mm. He's one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's going to be paid as such now. Mm-hmm. So his, yeah, the basically what ended up happening is he got traded to the Raiders for only a third and fifth round pick. Oh, <gasps> that's <sighs> Raiders did good, but they're going to pay him 50 million. Mm-hmm. 34 million guaranteed I think over the next three years he was his contract was three more years but no guaranteed money just roster bonuses and they upped the guaranteed money and the total money and that boy that boy gonna be even more rich he's did 31 he, though did he go away with his uh, blonde mustache no he still got that thing he's, dude. he's still wearing he's still mustache. in full on Mr. Big Chest mode yikes yeah I don't like it it terrifies me here's the thing that's interesting He's really excited about it, going to the Raiders. The Raiders suck. Oh, I thought you were... The Raiders <laughs> He's really excited year. about his blonde mustache. No, that's... Apparently, I mean, I'm, he must be excited about you, that, too. You would have to, right? To have it, yeah. <laughs> you can't just like it. You, you yeah. can't, like, even, like, just prefer it, you know, because... No. It's crazy. It's yeah. completely nuts. There's a there's a glass ceiling there as far as, like, ma- making that step. Yeah. Crossing the Rubicon yeah. of the blonde mustache. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, like... The Lakers were bad last year, and they're like a team in mini turmoil. Like people are like, "What is John Gruden doing? Like, who knows what his plan is? Does he want any of the players on his team or not?" And he's on the under that crazy ten year deal and stuff like that, which is bonkers in in, in and of itself. But uh, Oakland sucks, right? Oakland is a very fine city, sir. No, I mean the the fucking team. Yes, bro. they were good like two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Right. They were good for like a little two to three year window. They were pretty good, mm-hmm. but that's from that's what I'm saying. Like in terms of recent history, like the last ten years, Oakland is where people go to die. That's Jerry Rice ended up there. Oh, okay. Like it's where Marshawn Lynch is right now. Like that's where people go. 
that was the joke. It was like, if you get signed by the Raiders, it's your last stint. You're going to play for like two more years and you're done. And you're going to be bad while you're there. So it's in, I think it's interesting that he's like so hype about being on a team that isn't that good, mm-hmm. playing for a coach who may or may not be um, not able to keep up with the modern era of football, and for being in the black hole. In the bat, in the bad, it's the black hole is like a cool name for their mm-hmm. stadium, right? But it's also like the black hole of. Is that actually what it's called? Yeah. The black hole? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's cool. Plus, they were just going through all that stuff with like not even knowing where they were going to play this season. Why don't they change their name to the Spaceman? Because that's a bad name. No, the Astronaut. No, nah, that's not a good name. Astronauts? No, no, maybe not Not plural. Astronaut? Just the, the Oakland, Oakland Astronaut? astronaut. <laughs> that's weird. They all together they all, form they one form, astronaut. What are they, Voltron? <laughs> The Browns need to change their name. Mm-hmm. That's such a bad name. I like no no hate to you, Browns fans. I actually I have a lot of respect for you if you're a real Browns fan. If you didn't hop on the bandwagon in the last year, right? I have a lot of respect for you because the Browns are just fucking god awful. But the team name sucks. It's literally named after the dude who founded the team. His name was Brown. His last name. He was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna name them after me. That's some arrogant shit. Yeah. I mean, and then he was like, "Yeah, no logo." They tried a little elf boy for I a mean, little it's, bit. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, easy no. when your name is like Brown, though. You know, like it. Sure, I guess. Like, if his last name was like Cucks, <laughs> the, Cleveland, doubt, the Cleveland Cucks. I, I doubt. I doubt they would have done that. Yeah, or um, the like the the University of Florida president, uh, fucks, but it's F U C H S. Wait, what? Yeah, who? I think it's Fuke or something like the way you pronounce it is like Fuke or something. Who like is that. this? The University of Florida president. Oh, like our friends' bosses. How is it, how is it spelled? F U C what? F U C H S. Fucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's talk about not sports. Okay. All right. So I have a, a philosophical topic for you. What are you? Some kind of philosopher? But I am a pseudo intellectual. <laughs> Bro, you can't do that mid tea sip. Uh, uh, fucking. Do you know anyone that is evil? Evil? Yeah. Do you know anyone that you would consider evil? I don't know. I feel like evil's like pushing it. You know what I mean? Right. But like is but like is Mark Zuckerberg evil? I mean like I mean personally. Where's the where's the line? No, I know you mean yeah. personally, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head personally that I think is evil. Um Yeah, I don't know. Cuz like where's the line between just being like a greedy asshole and being evil? So, I mean, this is something that I was thinking about at work um or not at work, uh, while I was driving home, um, from like one of my shoots, but I was thinking about a conversation that I had with someone from our high school and I won't say their name, Hmm. but this person said, uh, this is, this is a person that I was friends with said that they took a cat one time and put it on a grill. What? And put like a cover over it. What? And afterward, like, like in the moment I was like, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's like, you're a fucking that's weirdo. That's nuts. You're a weirdo, right? And, uh, 
like since then I was like, Oh, is that person like, I've always thought of them as like a good person. I like, like I was like, they're just like talking crazy, you know, like they're not. And then I was like, what it like, I don't know. I feel like the idea of evil is like really easy to manifest in your mind as something that's other, you know, it's, it's not something that like for whatever reason, like uh, whatever we're similar to, uh, whatever we're friends with, whatever we're familiar with, we are hard. It's hard for us to perceive those things as evil. Mm -hmm. That's why like, it's hard to examine our own actions Mm -hmm. or our friends or our family. Um, and it's, it's hard to be like, Oh, well, you know, they're exactly, you know, what I'm trying to fight against or whatever, you know, like, so like if you're, if your grandpa is racist, mm-hmm. you know, or like your friend does really psychotic shit, like putting a cat on a grill, like putting a cat on a grill. Right. <clears throat> um, isn't that like a, like an early stage sign of like being, being a, a psychopath yeah, being is a psychopath, uh, be, like kids that will like hurt and torture animals. Mm-hmm. That's messed up though. Yeah. It was really fucked up, but like it was, it was something that when it happened in high school, I remember like, it just like flashed into my brain and I was like, that, that is like seriously fucked up. Mm-hmm. Seriously, seriously fucked up. That's um, a cat. That's not even like one of those like scrub animals either. True. Scrub animals? Yeah, scrub animals. <laughs> like, you know how some kids like burn ants with magnifying glasses and shit? Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Like, like an insect, like a... Yeah, dude. Those little <clears throat> bitches. They're kind of like higher, like lower on the hierarchy. Yeah. I, I can get what you're saying there. Um, but... Yeah, so it, it kind of like led to this two pronged thing, um, and it's uh, the the first prong is sort of like a pro, I would say, right? Um, and this is kind of closely related to something that I heard about in a podcast, and it was on uh, Russell Brand's podcast called Under the Skin. Russell uh, Brand's an interesting dude. Russell Brand's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Um, but he has a podcast called Under the Skin where he, uh, I mean, it's basically just conversations with really interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this, this is post drugs, Russell Brand? Yeah. 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 This is, yeah. I mean, this is like his current His podcast. like clean life initiative yeah, this is for like, himself. Yeah. This is his uh, yeah, current he's, podcast. He's fascinating. But in number 52 of Under the Skin, he brought on uh, someone named Dia Khan. Dia Khan. Uh, the episode is called How Loving Extremists Will Defeat Hate. Um, but Dia Khan is a Norwegian-born um, documentary filmmaker. Uh, and she is of Middle Eastern descent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her dad is Pakistani. Okay. Um, and her mom is Afghan. But, <clears throat> yeah, she's a documentary filmmaker, but she's kind of obsessed with the idea of connecting with extremist groups. And she talked in this podcast about how she, <clears throat> about how she, uh, basically filmed a documentary where she like spent a day with white supremacists, mm-hmm. you know. And she is. Wait a minute, this is different than the Variety Girl. Hmm? It's a different person, right? It's not the girl from the Variety or uh, not Variety. What's the video of the Charlotte Viceland? Vice, yeah, yeah that's, that's a different it, person. It, yeah, it's not Vice. <clears throat> no, because she is. Uh, I mean, she looks uh, Middle Eastern, yeah. Um, but she spent a day with uh, with a white supremacist, and I, I'm pretty sure, like, they went to a like she went on a rally with these people, rode around in a van with this person. Hmm. But 
her entire mission was to not not she wasn't doing it like a journalistic piece yeah, yeah, on yeah. you know his views of race religion what mm-hmm. and politics whatever um she spent the entire day literally trying to connect with him she believes that the the extremist mentality is like it, it, it's like a window of of being that you kind of just pass through that you don't just like you're not just an extremist like you're mm-hmm. not you know a KKK member that's not like all that encompasses well it's like an incubator effect right like <clears throat> you 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 are defined by your experiences growing up so if you have parents who are mm-hmm. racist or if you live in a community where there isn't much diversity and and a lot of the people there are right and then you just think that's the way things are right and then when you're exposed to other people you, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of examples of that where yeah individuals are like they're like oh i realized how wrong i was mm-hmm. and how what i had learned and what i thought was right was wrong well i mean that, that's one thing that she brought up was that um amongst uh, a lot of different extremist groups you kind of see a lot of the same patterns um with, whether they're uh KK, kkk members white supremacists uh extremist muslims mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> they are usually predominantly males. Yeah, um, makes sense. That lack um, a sense of brotherhood and a sense of camaraderie. Okay, um, and, and that, that gives it to them. That, well, yeah, and exactly. That's like interesting. It, um, and she, and the entire podcast is fascinating. I would definitely recommend it. Um, fucking fascinatingly intelligent woman, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> She was talking about how, you know, this is sort of a phase that you just move through. Um, and basically the, the, the way that you fight it is not by combating their ideas as much as connecting with them. Mm-hmm. Because she spent the entire day with this person who was a, a, a white supremacist. I'm not sure who it was. Um, I, I forgot. But she said that she spent the entire day with this person. And at the end of the day, she talked to him about his views mm-hmm. on uh, basically, you know, creating a, uh, a a white America, you know, and and pushing pu- pushing um, Muslims and uh, black people out of America and creating a uh, I forgot what some what they, wild wild shit. What, what they what they call it? They they, they call it like white America. Not it's not. They don't, I don't think they call it white America. There's like a specific word that they use that I'm pretty sure that they said in Black Klansmen, but. So something about Aryan something? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think. But whatever. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she was like, "So, do you still believe in this thing?" Because because she, she was like, "Would you say that I'm your friend?" And she was, and this guy, this white supremacist, was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that you're my friend now. Like, it, it is kind of strange to mm-hmm. me." Um, and she was like. Do you still believe in the same things, you know, because if you if I'm do, your friend, yeah. if I'm your friend, you'd, you'd be pushing your friend out of this country. And he was like, I kind of have to. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for that, dude. And he, but, well, but, he, but he was like, yeah, I, I, he was like, I don't know. But basically, like it, it, it kind of uh, the entire Rock podcast world, dude. His uh, foundations were changed, uh, like the way he thinks. Uh, it, it, well, at least the foundation was starting to yeah. change. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that the foundation was changed. Somebody he, chipped uh, something in it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like there was, but um, her entire perspective, which is like something that's so very anti. Um, 2019. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was was the, the the fact that like in order 
to get through to these people that you have to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are, um, if you are of some type of ethnic background that they are not familiar with yeah. because the, the, the problem with their philosophies is that they've never met anybody like that before mm-hmm. and they've never seen them as human beings and had conversations with them and, and built, uh, yeah. built friendships with them. And they, f- they fear things they don't understand, <sighs> which like, I mean, I, I, I was fascinated by her fucking, uh, her courage to do mm-hmm. this because yeah, like she, cra- yeah, that's hardcore. I mean, a, like before even getting to the, into that situation, like she was constantly sending emails to these people, um, in order to, to do this documentary and to have this meeting and spend time with these people. And obviously, uh, they see a picture of this woman, mm-hmm. they look her up online they're not going to want to spend time with her. Yeah. So, I mean, she, and she was diligent at just constantly mm-hmm. sending emails, calls, whatever. Um, yeah. In order to, to meet these, uh, these people and spend some time. So like, and she was talking about the, the fear that she had mm-hmm. of, you know, of spending time, you know, being around, a, obviously, you know, if you're a, 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 a woman with, uh, uh, middle Eastern of middle, inter, middle Eastern descent. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Um, being around a group of white supremacists. And it could be, it could be dangerous. Absolutely. Very dangerous. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I was like, I was fascinated by, by, uh, by her courage and her, her diligence, um, in pursuing that yeah. in order to, um, to put that out there that's in awesome. order to put that idea out there. Dia Khan, you said her name was? Yeah. Dia Khan, D E E Y A H and Khan, like Genghis Khan, K H A N. That's the Khan you shout out. Uh, or Khan from the guy who like, what is it right? supposed to be like 70%? Is that, how, is that how you spell Khan in Star Trek? I don't know. Khan! I don't know. I don't know Star Trek. Aren't like 70% of people potentially like related to Genghis Khan? Yeah. That's so crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> I, I can't even, that's so crazy. Yeah. This guy fucks. <laughs> or I guess, I mean, fucked. R- Let's be realistic. He probably rapes. Like that's yeah. That, you know, now it's just yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah. It's um, messed up. Okay, so that was the first prong of that sort evil of evil thing. Well, of 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 similarity, sort of breeding out evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to it's hard for a, a a group of people to be manifested as monsters if you connect with them. Yeah. Right. Um. But. Uh, so that, like that's like sort of a pro to that idea. But the other pro is that like that it will stifle your objectivity and, and realizing your own, uh, your own evil behaviors and mm-hmm. your own fucked up habits that you might have, mm-hmm. you know, like your, your friend might be a racist, you know, your, or you might have your own racism. Like even if you don't consider yourself a racist, mm-hmm. um, but like it's, I don't know, like the 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 familiarity, like uh, keeping you from um, from objective examination of yourself, of the the people that that you know and love, whatever. Um, <clears throat> for whatever reason, it's I feel like it's usually like politeness. I don't know if like that makes sense at all, um, but like. A fucking like there's such a especially if you're on new people mm-hmm. it's hard to I'll call them out it's hard to 
be confrontational. Yeah. Um, even on like on the, the most base level, you just want things to be even. You want everything to be yeah smooth. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that lady sounds dope. Yeah, she's fucking fascinating. Nice. Mm. Nice. Keep it going. This is your show now, dude. Keep oh, it going. Yeah? Yeah, oh, this is all we're only 40, 40 minutes in, dude. Yeah, this is tough. Yeah. I, I, hats off to you, dude. <laughs> You're not even wearing a hat. This beanie's an, off to you. Well, that's I can't an, say that's that. an empty compliment. You're not even wearing one. You don't care about me. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't really have anything else other than a shout out. Oh, so that but, was your lots of stuff. Yo, yeah. what do you what do you think about what do you think about this? You know, you know, you, you your boy Brian K. Vaughn, mm-hmm. your boy, writer of Why the Last Man. Oh fuck, I feel like I heard this news, and but Saga, I forgot what it was. He's writing a Gundam show. Oh yeah, yeah. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. That's pretty tight. I I was never like I never really got into Gundam. Live I action like Gundam. Vaughn, so. Gundam was like one of the few animes I watched when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Gundam, Zoids count? Yeah, I would would consider Zoids an anime, right? Well, I mean, if Pokemon's an anime, then Zoids is an anime. You know what I mean? Like, I watch, like, Pokemon and Digimon, but those are, like, animes for American kids. Is Digimon an anime, though? Fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Is it, like, of the same... When I imagine Digimon, Well, I'm pretty sure the the over... I might piss off some nerd somewhere, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure the overarching definition of an anime is just a Japanese cartoon. Okay. Now, there's like what we think of as anime, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more specific than that. <clears throat> but yeah, Digimon is definitely. I didn't even. I thought Digimon was American. No. I'd, I'd never watched Digimon growing up. Dude, so I fucking that loved Digimon. Shows you how much. Did, did, did. Digimon. Yeah, dude. But yeah, Gundam <laughs> show. Gundam's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And like in live action, it could be super cool. Mm-hmm. Or it was sort of. It was probably a movie, not a show. I feel like it's not a show. That'd be a really expensive. Wait, movie. it's a live action Gundam movie? Hold on. Not yeah, like an yeah, animated movie. show? Live action Gundam mm. movie. So like Pacific Rim, but different. I'm interested in anything Brian K. Vaughn does. Yeah. That guy is... I gotta finish Saga, dude. Talented. You started it? Oh, that's right. You said that last week, right? Yeah, I think I'm a, a couple of volumes in. Um, I've know. heard very good things about Saga. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I like especially if you just if you like Brian K. Vaughn's writing. Yeah. Like the uh the little new the little article I saw that was talking about the Gundam thing said the writer of uh Why the Last Man and Ex Machina. And I was like, huh? Mm-hmm. But it's a comic X Comic X completely Machina, different. Yeah. 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 I was like, I had to Google it. I was like Yeah, it's about like politics and shit. I was like, no, I'm like ninety nine percent sure that Dan- uh, Did that Alex that Garland. Alex Garland's Ex Machina is not based off of a comic no, book. No. <laughs> no. And it's not. If it was though, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, it's it's that like, like the out. imagination of it is mm-hmm. has that sort of potential vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like the only reason I would say that it wouldn't be is like it's so restricted, you know. Like like I feel yeah, like if you were writing a comic book, you're like, yo, you could do so much more. <laughs> well, like, like we're just drawing here. Like yeah. it doesn't all have to take place in this fun. There's this one fucking house. In real life, it's a hotel, but yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a hotel. Yeah. It's a hotel in real life. I think that they shot in three different locations. Like okay. a, a lot of the uh, exterior Yo, shots are. That's a dope ass hotel. I think a lot of the exterior shots are in like Switzerland or some shit. Okay. Um, like okay. all those mountains and waterfalls yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, one part, 
is uh is the hotel um like i'm pretty sure that's like where the the main like living room is i'm pretty sure that's a hotel and then a lot of the stuff is done in the studio okay that's pretty neat yeah fun fact mm-hmm. how how many have you ever watched the director's commentary of ex machina does this, does it exist i don't i feel like that's something that you would have done it's something i would have done but i have never done it i'm not sure if it exists okay all right hey remember when i kept telling you that captain marvel was going to make a bunch of money yeah, of course it does. Historic $153 million opening in the U.S., 455 global. Woo! Mm. Woo! The Tentpole's global launch reps the biggest ever for a female-fronted film, eclipsing Beauty and the Beast. Emma Watson's oh, Beauty and the so, Beast. Damn, so any female... Yep. Huh. That's crazy. $357 million, As well as the second largest for any superhero pick behind Avengers Infinity War. Whoa. That's worldwide. That's crazy. Overall, it's the sixth best worldwide bow of all time. That's amazing. Do you see in the, any Killing of the, uh, the videos of Brie Larson showing up to Yo, like, that was so movie cool. theaters and stuff? Yeah, yeah, she just rolled up in that dope like Captain Marvel outfit. Yeah, it's like, like a, a sweatsuit. <laughs> She's like rolling around in a Captain Marvel sweatsuit <laughs> with like a, a cup with her on it. And she's like, yo, what up? <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and she was like serving popcorn or something mm-hmm. too, right? Like, Dude, she was like... Walking, she was at working the concession It's kind of weird because like, you know, we I've always seen stuff like, you know, people doing things on mm-hmm. Twitter. Like, that could have just as easily been the movie theater we went to. Like, that's so weird. Right. I was like, yo, wh- I wonder where that was. Like, how right. far away from us was that? Yeah. It's very, very strange. Sure. Um, yeah, that would have been crazy. How, so, do you confuse uh, Brie Larson with Alison Brie at all? No. Like, the names? No. I'm not saying, like, the, the people. I'm saying, like, just, like, like for a second, you're like, oh, that's Alison Brie. No, fuck, that's Brie Larson. Damn it. No. You didn't, that's never happened to you? Maybe, maybe like, when I first uh, learned I guess, who they uh, were. Uh, Maybe like when I first learned who they were. I guess I'm the only one. What? She didn't say that. Huh? I get why it happened. It makes sense. Brie. They got, they share a name. You could do the joke. The Allison Brie Larson joke. Mm-hmm. Make them one person. Dragon Ball Z fusion dance them. <laughs> Stop thinking about that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> can see it in your eyes. Uh, we, we'll, we'll talk more about Captain Marvel on our spoiler list this week. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, that's a lot of money. That's a stupid amount yeah. of money. Jesus. I wonder what the... Uh, that's almost as much money as, as Critical Role's making. No, it's way more. It's way more money. That's still dope, though. I'm mm-hmm. hyped about that shit. That Critical Role Kickstarter. They're up to... So, uh, yeah, they're doing a show, right? An animated so, show. So, okay. Oh, we haven't... We're doing a podcast. We've, we've talked about this. But, um, no. Uh, so, Critical Role did a Kickstarter that started on Monday. Mm-hmm. Today is Sunday. So six days ago um they did a kickstarter to fund an animated special is what they were calling it they recently went independent they're their own studio now they moved all of their their twitch stuff off of geek and sundries which is owned by legendary so they moved off of geek and sundry and legendary and they're doing everything themselves they're completely private they're all their streams all their all their own shows that they make everything is on their own channel now part of that was the freedom to kind of stick their hands in different honey pots and one of the things they really have wanted to do for a long time is make an animated version of their show mm-hmm. because they are all voice actors who work in animation. It's something they're really passionate about. Um, 
apparently they went around Hollywood and they tried to pitch the show to a bunch of companies and some were like, we're interested, but like at this budget, they wanted to do like their, their one thing they were like, we want to make a very high quality thing. So they were like, we want to do top notch animation and and writing and everything. And a lot of, a lot of the companies were like, we don't like, we like we, the idea could be good, but the budget is too much kind of thing. Like companies were like, what's dungeons and dragon? Like, how do you make that a thing? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you don't get it, homie. Like people were like, so you're going to stream the show. They're like, no, our show streams on Twitch and we're going to make an animated version of the events. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> right. Anyway, they went to the Kickstarter and they set their goal was $750,000 to make one 22 minute animated special. They made $750,000 in probably 10 minutes. Wait, so they originally set out to have a Kickstarter to basically make a pilot. Yeah. Right. No, not even like a one shot, like, like a, like a, they one thing, oh, okay. a standalone story. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think their hopes were that if it was good enough, it could lead to them being able to make gotcha. like a series. Yeah. Like a back kind of like a backdoor pilot yeah. kind of. Yeah. And the story they're going to tell is, uh, it's like independent of the stream. It's, it's not something they ever streamed in their game or happened in their home game. It's just a, a unique story that they're writing for the special. Anyway, they ended up making $3 million, I think by the end of the first day. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Stupid amount of money. Mm-hmm. Way more money than they expected. They made so much money in the first day that they made more money than their stretch goals they had planned for their Kickstarter. Really? Yeah. So it's a, like, on, I don't know if you've ever done anything with Kickstarter, if you have a lot of uh, ex- exposure to it. Not really. Like, you obviously I, know what it is. Yeah. But, so like on their, they did a 45-day campaign. Mm-hmm. And the way they were planning on doing it was like, well, when we get close to one and a half million dollars or whatever will be like, all right, here's our next stretch goal. It's going to be this one. And they would tell you like the rewards for it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they had them up to, I think $3 million planned mm-hmm. for the whole 45 days. Right. And that happened in one day. And Jesus. they were like, we're out of stretch goals. Right. We don't, we're going to come up with more. We're going to like put our heads together and find more to, yeah. for you guys. It's the best problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great problem to have. Yeah. So they basically were like, uh, this late, later in the week, they came out and they were like, "All right, here's what we're doing now. Every, it's like 1.25 million dollars or something like one 1.75 million dollars. That's a ne- the next stretch goal, mm-hmm. and it's basically like each stretch goal you reach will fund two more episodes. Okay. So now they're up to eight episodes, I think. Damn. And they're gonna straight up make a show. Yeah. They're like, we're making this a series. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do. They're they're stretching their original one episode idea into two. I believe they're gonna make it two twenty two minute episodes, okay. and then they're just gonna they're gonna dive into stuff that we've already seen. If you watch Critical Role on stream, so they're like making like one two episode one shot, and then yeah, going into like yeah. a, a serialized story, it's actual story, yeah, of huh. of what we've seen. So they're gonna do what's it's called the Briarwood arc. It's, mm-hmm. The villains were called the Briarwoods. Um, you talked about Critical Role on this it's One of my early shout-outs, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want to refresh people? Of, of what Critical Role yeah. is? Critical Role is a bunch of voice actors who stream Dungeons & Dragons on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it for four years, I think. Four hours a week. Almost every single week. They maybe miss like maybe three or four weeks a year. Right. Play a lot of D&D on the internet. Right. Um, and yeah. Now they're... They're doing their damn thing. They're making fucking bank on Kickstarter. They're up to, I think, seven million right now. At this moment. That's a fucking moolah. Yeah, dude. They uh and their thing when they when they announced the new the new 
uh, stretch goals, they were like, yo, basically we're putting all the, like instead of going quantity over quality, they're just putting all the money they make into upping the animation. Right. They're like, we're going to, we're going to make like the best animation an animated show that we can that we can imagine. Right. And they teamed with a company called Titmouse, which that's a funny name. <laughs> 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 Who made like The Legend of Korra. Okay. Um, and a lot of other stuff. But like a really well-respected, really good mm-hmm. agency. And it's kind of funny, the story, they were like, we went in, like we met with a lot of animation companies when we were trying to set up the Kickstarter. Like, we, you know, we went in and talked to them about pricing and, you know, tried to figure out if it would be a good fit with us and everything. Because they're full like they're in charge of the creative aspect of everything they're like this is our show we want to hire the writers we want we're going to hire the actors that we want because they're voicing their own roles obviously but like matt can't verse voice every other character like because he's the dm well there's what are they npcs npcs yeah Yeah, non-player characters yeah yeah. so he can't voice every npc in the show that'd be silly that'd be like you're also I feel like he could, obviously. Well, no, he I could, mean, but it wouldn't be as like. If, but you're robbing yourself of an opportunity to exactly. bring on guests, on uh, guests, which would be uh, well. It, one, they've done that. Why do why do animated pl- shows do that? Yeah. I mean, it's just another. Form and they've of done marketing. it with guest players before, mm-hmm. and they're going to bring those people on too. That's their plan. They're like, we're, if if there's guests, like if we get to an episode where we had a guest, we're going to have that guest play their character on the mm-hmm. show. But um, yeah, he was like, and they know all the voice actors, so he was like, in his head, he was like, I have so many ideas for who can play the different characters that I played. Cause like, it'd be weird if he played like every woman and like, <laughs> like he, yeah, like he was like, that would be weird if I like, if yeah. I played all these characters, it would yeah. also be a ton of work. That'd uh-huh. be so much work. Yeah. Um, besides being like the main storyteller of their platform. But, uh, yeah, um, it's going to be hype. Um, it's, I think it comes out 2020, which is something weird. Like people don't understand when they back a Kickstarter. It's like, you're at the beginning stage. Like, it's not like when you're like, Oh, there's a movie coming out. You know, you see a trailer. Oh, six months till the, no, no, you are at the beginning of the, they have to now make the thing. It takes at least a year and a half, two years to get things made. Like, I feel like there's this weird, the same thing happened uh, when I backed Matt Colville's uh, book uh, for his, um, he made like a supplemental book to D and D with like his own rules for things. But it like, it fits with the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And it was like this thing where people were like, where's the book, man? It's been like six months. Where's the book? Bro, he's got to write the book. He's got to write the book. You got to get art made. You got to play test your things in the book. If you're doing it for tabletop RPGs and stuff, you have to make sure that the rules are good and work and aren't broken. Like it takes a long time to get stuff like that done. And I, I, it's just this weird thing that... That shit fascinates me. Whenever what? you talk about that, whenever you talk about uh, Matt Colville getting funding for a book, like it's nuts. Ki- like this dude went from being a random video game writer to raising two and a half million dollars to write a D and D book. That's insane. Yeah, it's but am- I, it's but amazing. I, but I feel like the because like my instant reaction to that is like, okay, well, like how can I do that? Like, mm-hmm. could I ever do something like that? Like with you know, if build I up to a write huge a YouTube following that's very loyal and specific. Mm-hmm. and interactive they're very dedicated to what he does but i think predominantly what he is doing that isn't what we're doing is like it's a service you know oh like yeah yeah you know, this doesn't serve anyone <laughs> what are you t- we're assholes <laughs> this is kind of like a weak form of entertainment yeah I what are you why are you listening <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here 
No, but yeah, he, yeah, you're, you're right. And he has like a very specific goal. He's like, my, I created my channel mm-hmm. one cause he loves D and D he's been playing it since he was a teenager. He's been playing for like 30 years and he wanted to show new dungeon masters that it's not hard. That's basically it. He was like, I want to show you that you can do this and I'm going to give you tips and advice on how to do it. No. And he has good quality, you know, production quality he has good audio, good video, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Good advice, really good advice. And he just did, he just did his thing and developed a huge following. Yeah. Kind of, it's, it's kind of like a weird cult following. Like the, like the zealous nature in which people that love Matt Colville love him. They're like, yo, that's that boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is a river to his people is the, is the line. It's a line from some old movie, but he says it a lot in his early videos. And like one of the things he does, is if he quotes a movie, he'll very quickly put in a clip that he's quoting. Oh, okay. From the and it's usually like a really old weird movie, uh-huh. so he like would be like I'm a river, I'm a river to my people, and then he'll play that clip, and then he'll just go back to talking. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. So he like he raised two and a half million dollars over forty five days, and he started a company. So and not so not only did he write his book, he he made enough money to fund their their D and D stream, which they're now doing. Started a company. They're gonna they're launching another Kickstarter later this year for their second book. The first one was really successful. No, it's just like, it's the magic of the modern world. Dude, Kickstarter is crazy. Like crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And and you see it not only in like cool creative endeavors, but you see it in like, it's like a sad thing to think about, but it's like, uh, like people will be like, oh, the current best form of insurance is crowdfunding. You know, when someone has an emergency, like, oh, our house burned down. My son has yeah. this horrible disease. We can't afford the pay. And people go on these, they do crowdfunding mm-hmm. to pay for their, their, hospital bills and stuff it's mm-hmm. it's it's really sad that that's what people have to resort to yeah but it's also like very cool that that can happen you know what i mean mm-hmm. that people can come together and support each other like that i think that's neat you i don't know skeptical well no no no, no. i don't know well a uh there are people that that go overboard i don't know if you're like, oh i'm sure it if happens you, if you yeah. like have like any like tertiary friends on facebook that like always have something out there that's no. like crowdfunding like like oh like my dog is sick. No. Like, oh, my, uh, now I, I got laid off from my job. If we're oh, I, like, like they got like three different ones yeah. out there. If we're being honest though, I did a very, very deep purge of my Facebook probably like two years ago. Yeah. I don't have very many Facebook friends. I went the left. opposite way. I had a bunch yeah. of friends. Yeah. So I think I have like podcast out there. I think I have like 120 friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, get them all out. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see your shit. Mm-hmm. Now I just don't really look at Facebook anymore. I just, I basically am on Facebook for the messenger app and cause that's where we put this stuff. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. I scroll through occasionally. I, I'm on the gram way more, but the gram I'm, I'm on, on Twitter. Gram. I'm, I'm on, Snapchat. I'm on Twitter way more. The gram. The thing that bothers me about Instagram is that you can't look at things in order. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Do I see like random, the same pictures? Did they change it back? I think so. Oh, then good. Good for you, Instagram. Still, I don't really use it, but <laughs> like I do, but not that much. I don't just sit and scroll through my Instagram. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they changed it back. Good for you. No, that's <laughs> it was stupid before that it was just like randomly random what showed up. That was yeah. dumb. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. What's the, what's the, 
I know what the love part is. What's the hate part? What What do you think the love is? Today's. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of. Th- I, I follow sports. I follow Orlando titties Magic. And, titties and dunking. Mar- fucking Markel <laughs> Fultz has an Instagram, and fucking you know, he, uh, John Isaac puts out uh, the, the message of God on Instagram. Don't Don't you judge my preacher man. following. Titties and fillet. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Instagram experience. <laughs> I watched a video. So anybody who doesn't know who this dude is, uh, he. So there's a huge thing on Instagram of people who are like tertiarily uh, associated with basketball. Yeah. That have basketball comedy. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. Prof- it's like it's, it's such a weird thing that's that exists now. It's like you are a sports commentator without being on a sports channel. Exactly. You're just your own. You're just funny. Yeah. And you put your opinions but out there, there. But there's like a few different. So, uh, filet, mm-hmm. uh, is, That's is famous one Lowe's, isn't it? No, no, no. Oh, his no. name is filet. No, no, no. Well, his, I don't think his name is his filet, handle, but his I mean. fucking handle is filet with like a bunch of Y's. Okay. Uh, and then there's famous Lowe's mm-hmm. and then another one. Dude, is famous like, Lowe's is like, he was in the NBA all-star celebrity all-star game. Yeah. Like he's legit. Like he has like attraction. But as but, a but what's weird, quote unquote analyst. But what what's weird is that like how many different ways that people have um, sort of gotten into that realm and mm-hmm. have uh, utilized Instagram in a basketball sense in order to like have a really uh, you know big uh, yeah. following on Instagram. Uh, fucking make that Instagram like, money, dog. So th- there's guys like Tristan Tristan Jass, who's like a 19, 20 year old kid. Jass. Yeah, jazz. Like ass, but with a J in like front of it. Like jazz with S's? Yeah. <laughs> That's where our brains come from. Tristan Jazz. Um, but he uh, basically just does like really cool trick shots where he'll okay. do like really cool dribble moves and then like double spin fucking mm-hmm. layup shit. So he just does like Kyrie shit. Yeah, but, but it's like it's really fun and you yeah. can tell that like he's he's just doing this like multiple times yeah, yeah, a day. Yeah. Like, um, but it's just really fun. I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have guys like Famous Los who literally will just play highlights mm-hmm. or funny things that happen in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, little clips, and then it'll show him in his bathroom like, th- <laughs> like talking re-enacting. shit. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that's all he's doing. Is yeah. He's talking shit like, uh, and being funny. Yeah. Um, but then there's uh, someone like Filet who... Filet! So he, is, he, he has two things going for him, right? Uh, he is one really good at basketball mm-hmm. and he knows basketball really well. Uh, but two, he's a really good singer. He mm-hmm. has a great voice. Um, <laughs> but he will literally just take a highlight of Kyrie, right? Doing dribble moves or whatever. Up. Right. And he'll commentate on it, but he will sing kind of talk over. So, and, but he'll just say the moves. Yeah. So tween, 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 cross, God. cross, <laughs> sham, skip through that lane. <laughs> but he's way better at singing skip through that lane <laughs> skip through that lane dude i fucking watched a video of him just in his car and mm-hmm. he was literally just talking about him playing basketball earlier but doing that that was it <laughs> he wasn't saying real words he yeah. was just he was just like this, this dude rushed me right this dude rushed me tween Tween, tween, tween. Is it between the legs? Yeah, between the legs dribble. That's it. That's what that means. <laughs> I got it. I, I That wasn't even him saying it, and I picked it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, then he was like, skip through that lane. Filet. <laughs> Fucking. That's it, funny. It, was, it wasn't even like over a commentary of anything. No, like, he's just, re- he's just recapping his pickup game. <laughs> That's funny. 
Uh, yeah, shit's really a uh, yeah, man. The internet has like one point two million followers. The internet's a wild place, dude. He has a million followers. He should do a crowdfunding campaign. I don't I, know what he would do. Oh, I mean, he does a lot of things. I'm like uh, a majority of these uh, guys have um, merchandise. Oh, that's yeah, um, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. like even uh, like famous Lois, like fucking Steph Curry wears his shit. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's pretty. That's neat. Yeah, it's pretty dope, right? That's neat. Yeah. Good for you, famous Los. Mm-hmm. Is his name Carlos? I don't know. What are the names in in Los? Uh, yep. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. Didn't have anything for me. Not even a joke. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say Philosophilos. <laughs> I was that. No idea, dude. Nah. I guess you could probably have some kind of Greek name that ends yeah. in Los. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yorgalos Yorgalos? <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know Paul, is that real? <laughs> yeah, we, need to t- we need to text Paul Mamagakia, it, dude It come from the Greek word uh, Yo, you hear that the Marvel shows might come to a new platform? Yeah, fucking FX or something, right? Either FX or Hulu, apparently mm-hmm. Because now Disney owns like 60% of Hulu because Fox owned 30% and they owned 30%. Huh. So now they own 60%. They're now the majority stakeholders in Hulu. Which is weird because they're also starting their own streaming platform. So like, what's their deal? Right? Not only are they going to take all their shit off of Netflix. They're going to be like, yo, we're attacking Netflix is what they're going to do. It's interesting. Hmm. But yeah, they might move that stuff to Hulu. Do it. Do it. I want Derek I watch more back. Hulu than I do net, uh, Netflix. Yeah. Except for when, like, new things come out on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, when Stranger Things comes out, you'll be all in. You'll just be like, I'm diving in, watching all of it, and then I'll back out to the next thing comes. But, like, like I have a weird thing of, like, turning on Hulu at night. So, well, like, yeah, because you can watch, like, The Office or... Mm-hmm. Is The it's Office on Hulu? Yeah. It's on, well, I know it's on Netflix, but... No, it's not on Hulu. It, it is on Netflix. Um, but you can put it on, like, uh, Parks and Rec. No, I'm that's more, also Netflix. No. <laughs> new Girl. No, a lot of the like adult animated TV shows. Oh yeah, they're like, all on there. Like Rick and Morty, yeah. South Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the the two biggest? Yeah, they're ones. all on there. Futurama, I think, is all on there. Yeah, I think so. I was never really into Futurama. I'm, How do you feel about Matt Groening stuff? Who? Matt Groening? Who? Do you, yo, chill out. Does, you're you're infuriating people out there. I can hear it. I can feel the the listen. I can hear I, a thousand as, voices crying as, out. As much as I tr- I trump up for uh, an- animation, and I love animate and I love cartoons, I'm not an adult cartoon fan. I don't like... The only one I really like is South Park. <sighs> Matt Groening made uh, The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Futurama. Heard. Yeah. Oh, he had that new... He has the new Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, what is that called? Enchantment? Enchantment. No. Enchantment. It's Enchant something. Is it encha- is it just enchantment? Oh, yeah, I think it's okay. Encha- yeah, enchanted is the and Anne Hathaway. That's Anne Hathaway as a princess. Yeah, yeah. With Wait, is it Anne Hathaway or is it yes? Ella Fisher. Whoa. Wait, which one? Ella is it? Enchanted. Ella is Enchanted Anne Hathaway. is Anne Hathaway. Enchanted is Ella Fisher. I'm glad we got. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Woo. I'm sorry, Ella Fisher. That was that was rude of us. We overlooked you. We I went mean, straight to Anne Hathaway. She was an Ella Enchanted. It's not yeah. that. With, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's a taco fries guy. <laughs> God damn, what is his name? <laughs> Fucking Cyclops. James, James, James Marston. James Marston. <laughs> James Marston. We got there. Yo, what if it's he, nacho fries, right? What if he became known as nacho <laughs> fries? 
that's how people knew him. Not from like 30 Rock with his great role in 30 Rock. Not as Cyclops. Mm -hmm. Just Nacho Fries guy. The dude doing a Matthew McConaughey bit. An an interstellar bit. What? He's doing the, the, I'm going to space to... Oh, okay. I'm going to another the dimension. Fries commercial is, is yeah. what you're saying. Yo, it's, I, it's, I have another Matthew. Mc, I have another interstellar thing, but talk about the graining thing you're going to talk about so we can move on from it. Well, I, well, I was uh, going to say, like, fucking, I'm, I'm not really. You don't uh, really like those shows? Well, yeah. And I, like, I tried getting. Oh, so now you're going to double down on infuriating all those people. Yeah. Not yeah. only are you going to, they're mad at me I for not it. even knowing him, <laughs> but now I'm they're like, going to be mad oh, at well, you okay, for not liking his stuff. Look, I'll obviously respect them, but I don't like his shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I never really like, I've, I've seen more Futurama than I have the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Simpsons, dude, but definitely don't like roll your eyes at Mac. I didn't roll uh, my eyes. I just said, you Who? looked straight at me and you said, Mac Rennings is the worst <laughs> person in there's the world. Literal audio evidence that I didn't <laughs> say that. You said it with your eyes. No, I didn't. I just yeah. said who that's all I say with my eye. I didn't know who you're talking you d- about. You d- yeah. Yeah, you, you okay. I felt so it. I felt it let me across tell you the my, table. Last night, I was driving home. I had a very, I had a meeting at work before I had to work. So I was at work from like 8 a.m. to 6, and I was super hungry. I went to Chili's and got some food. It was like 9 o'clock by the time I got home. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I got it. I'm, 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 I, was, I had music playing. I was like, I just want to get home. I just want to fucking chill out. Yeah. There's a dude parked. Like our, so our, our lot is like, leads right into the main road. Right? Uh-huh. Our little parking space. There was a dude parked. Like perpendicular to yeah. your spot? Yeah. Fucking A. Dude. And like me being just like, I got this. I like tried to like get in there and squeeze and angle my way in. Right. And I didn't, st- I didn't stop for a moment and give him a chance to move forward. I just went for it. I was like, fuck it. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to dock it. Right. That was my that yeah. was my mentality. I was like, I'm I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm gonna dock it, and I went for it. And then I heard like a gunk, and I was like, Oh, I just I just hit my rearview mirror on the pole. Oh no, that is not what I did. What'd you do? I fucking was like on the wall, and then I kept going, and I went, Ooh. and I like grinded the front. There's like if you go down and look, there's like a line in the wall where oh. I like grinded the front left of my car. Fuck. And then that guy like got out of his car, and he was like, Man, I'm so sorry. If you just asked me to move, I would have moved. And I was like, oh, I know. I just was being a, an idiot. Right. And he was like, I feel so bad. I was like, no, dude, that is not your fault. Yeah. You, like, you were just chilling. I didn't give you an opportunity to move. I just went. For, I was like, it was my fault. And right. then when I heard the noise, I said, fuck it. I just kept going. Uh-huh. I was just being dumb. Fuck. I was just being dumb. I didn't, I didn't leave that man any ire or it's not his fault. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I was like, that was like my thought. I was like, I'm going to dock it. <laughs> I did not leave enough room to dock it. See, through the book that I'm reading right now, what you just went through is called decision fatigue. Oh, okay. I, I understand what that mm. is by the name. Yeah, decision fatigue. I've been making decisions all day, so mm-hmm. by the time it was too late, I, yeah. had, you, you, it I was to too the tired to make mentality. the right decision. Yeah, led to the fucking mentality. You didn't okay. pick the, the right decision. And Interesting. Like, like, you had less patience in order yeah. to, to... Oh, I certainly had no patience yeah. left. Yeah. Because yeah. in my mind, I was like, why is this dude here? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna dock it. Yo, dude, this fucking this book. Hey, so but it's good. weird. I like, can't wait until I finish it so I can like go full. What are you gonna tease this shit for a month? Huh? Read faster, uh, dog. I have two weeks left. It's been seven years. You've been reading this book. <laughs> seven years. <I've> been reading <laughs> it. It's 
been 70 years since I've started reading Will Only Power. got 100 years to read. Are we going to... So you used up all your vamping powers last week. Vamping to, powers? To, what does that mean? What you, vamping? Like making things go longer? Like, oh, oh, no. Dude, I think You got vamping in you? Because we're only at like an hour 10. I, last week, you pushed us from like an hour 40 to two hours or something. Yeah. With your vamping. Yeah. Well, I, like I also... I mean... I thought you said you got this, dog. I, I didn't say I got this. I said, oh, I got some I got some stuff. You said a lot of stuff. I said I had I got I got more stuff than I normally do. Were you able to watch anything this week? Nah. Or just YouTube videos actually, of Markel no, Fultz and actually, random UFC shit. I saw How much Markel Fultz shit did you watch? A lot. I saw a lot of Markel yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's it's uh it's so exciting. I am just it's I'm still listening. Can I just say can I say one exciting. thing to you? What? Don't Dark Knight Rises yourself. Have my expectations. No, dude, here's the thing. Because I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, mm-hmm. about how if he, at best, you know, is a rotation player. Yeah. Right? If he's Kem Birch, mm-hmm. right? Which I, I think that very easily. If he never develops his shot. If yeah. He just, could very his, just his passing and defense. He could very easily still be a backup point guard yeah. for us. Right? He, he, he would be Jaron Grant. Right? He'd be better than Jaron Grant. Exactly. Right? Like even at his like his. He's floor, a way better passer. His floor, better dribbler, better yeah. passer, more length. Fucking, uh, I would say I would think that he would be better more athletic. Defense. Yeah, more athletic. Yeah. Right. Like I don't I don't see Jaron Grant fucking having any chase down blocks. Yeah. Marco Fultz is going to do that shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, even at like his floor is better than Jaron Grant, right? Mm-hmm. As long as he, he's that, I'm fucking proud of him. Yeah, because you love him so much. I do. I you fucking love so him. so much love for him. Dude, you know what's crazy? Dude, I fucking have... This is how nuts I am, dude. So, he's in LA rehabbing. He's okay. not He's not in Orlando. Do you have dreams of running into him? At Chick-fil-A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. There's no way he eats at that Chick-fil-A. The Chick-fil-A by us is an outdoor Chick-fil-A only. There's no way he eats there. No, he would have... He well, would go to an there's, indoor there's Chick-fil-A. There's a drive-thru, though. That's true. There's a drive-thru. He could do that. That's that's how you do it if you're yeah, a, if you're famous. famous. Yeah, you got to drive. See, I don't like that. I like going. To, I have a process. Mm-hmm. I have a Chick Fil A process, and right. it involves a refill. Right. I need to be there for my refill. I couldn't do it. If I ever get famous, I'm fucked. What are you doing over there, I'm dog? Trying to, I'm trying to fucking get in the right <laughs> spot here, and it's not working, man. <laughs> Ugh, shifting. We need a fucking carpet. Yeah. I mean, based on our lease, we need a carpet. So that as well. Word. Um, so yeah, like I'm not like, 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 okay. Markel needs to be, you know, our savior. Yeah. 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 Uh, in, in, in order for fucking, for do you think it's re- so be glad about that? I'm already happy that we got, him. you guys are in sort of a, a no man's land as are the heat of mm-hmm. being in a spot where you might pick anywhere as early as five, anywhere as late as 14. 15, 16 if you make the playoffs. 17, 18. I feel like we're kind of out of the, the, the five. five. Well, I feel well like... no, it's if you're in the lottery, you got it. So oh, seven. Okay, okay. So because the, the yeah, lottery. The, the way the rules work. You have like a tw- They're different this year than they've been in previous years, right? Yes. Uh, the bottom three teams all have the same chance at the number one pick now. Yeah. So super tanking is out the window. And I think everyone in the lottery has a little bit higher chance of mm-hmm. moving up further. Yeah. So like, like the bottom like three anyone teams in the lottery all have a 14%. A yeah. The, uh, the bottom three teams. I'll have a 14% chance of landing the number one pick. Yeah, because the joke is always like for Knicks fans that are, like, are convinced they're going to get Zion. Right. Because they're doing such a great job of tanking. Right. That there's like, <clears throat> uh, what is it, like an 86% chance or whatever that they won't get Zion. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah. There's also... Do you think... I was going to say... Do you, so you could end up anywhere between like, let's say 7 and 16. Right. If you make the playoffs or not. Okay. Uh, and let's say for, just for law of averages, you get like, I don't know, the ninth pick or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Do you think it's reasonable to think of Markel Fultz... Wait, wait. Which which pick did you trade for him? Was it this year's or a future pick? It's a future pick. Okay, so it was <clears throat> this year's Thunder pick. That's heavily protected. So you had you had and multiple a second round pick. You had multiple ones this year. Hmm. Yes. You, okay. Yes. So you gave up one of them. We, yeah, we gave up one first round the pick, Thunder a second pick. round pick, and Jonathan Simmons. Okay. Right? So and the Thunder pick will be later. Yeah, the Thunder pick is going to be at the the end yeah. of the draft. So you have your own. And pick. if like somehow like they make the playoffs, but get fucking knocked out in the first round, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then that pick becomes two second round picks. Oh, nice. Or becomes a second round. pick. That's it, solid. It, but it, it, yeah, it doesn't become a first round. That's pick. solid. That's why like when people are like, oh, they give a, a first round pick, a second round pick, and it's like, <clears> okay, <throat> it's not. This isn't a mid round. Yeah, it's uh, not a very first, good pick. No. <laughs> so. You you pick like ten, we say. Okay. So you're going to have a rookie. If it's up to you, it's bull bull. <laughs> but do you think it's reasonable? I wouldn't to, even say that. Do you think it's reasonable? You still on the Nasir Little train? Yeah. You, is it reasonable to think about Markel Fultz the way that the Heat approach thinking of Derek Jones Jr. this season and thinking like he is our rookie? Yeah. The, so like we didn't have a pick last year as part of the Goran Dragic trade from a long time ago. The, yeah. the Suns had it. Um. Or wherever it ended up. I don't know if it mm-hmm. moved since the Suns. But basically the idea was like, Derek Jones Jr. is 21 years old. Mm-hmm. This is a dude who used to be on the Suns G League team. And then when they cut him to make room for freaking Mike Scott or somebody, we took him. We picked him up, put him in our G League system, which is a little bit more well thought of than the Suns development system, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, we made Hassan Whiteside a lot of money. <laughs> That's not true. Hassan worked really hard to get where he is, but the the joke is, you know. Um, but yeah, like the idea of thinking like Derek Jones Jr. is essentially our rookie this year. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about it like that, fuck yeah, dude. Derek Jones Jr. is awesome. Yeah. Like as a like in the role he plays, he's great mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. Hustle player, hugely athletic, really good offensive rebounder. Don't know why or how, but mm-hmm. the dude's a freak on the offensive glass. <clears throat> And his shot has gotten a lot better this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who brought it up, but like made me think of it this way. It's like if you look at the assets that Orlando gave up, it's basically like, you know, if you're drafting Markel Fultz this year, yeah, exactly. Like you're drafting Markel Fultz, but it's like with like a mid to late first. Exactly. Round That's what like yeah. what those assets would translate, which to, to me, like, like if you're trading up to get like a like a 16 to 18 pick, mm-hmm. that's probably what you would have to give up. Yeah. Right. Um, is like a heavily protected first round pick, a second, maybe Jonathan. Sitt. And it's like the Thunder pick, which will probably end up somewhere in the 20s, mm-hmm. 24 to 28 range or something mm-hmm. uh, like that is the the expectation of that player. Markel Fultz is that mm-hmm. already right. just as with his defending and passing and exactly and, and playmaking. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't need the shot to be more than than the like type you, of yeah you're you you're there. lucky if you can find a uh, a guy who can impact your team the way that Markel Fultz can do right now mm-hmm. that late in the right draft. right away you know like, with the twenty fifth like pick. a Landry Shamit exactly you know? yeah there's not Landry Shamit don't grow on trees exactly yeah yo Land Landry Shamit and Shea Gilders Alexander that's fun mm-hmm. that's a fun little little my, combo to have going my forward. my biggest worry is Landry Shamit's health. 
Oh, has he been getting hurt a lot? Well, no, no, no. He had, he had a, that was uh, his main problem coming out of college. So he basically like missed an entire year at Wichita state. Uh Like he should have been playing, uh, who, who else played there? Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van, oh yeah. Uh, Steady Freddy. (laughs) Steady Freddy, baby. Um, but yeah, he like basically also Ron Baker played there. Ron Baker, dude. He played for the Knicks, right? They, 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 uh, he's on the Wizards now, I think. They gave him a lot of money. Yeah. Well, he had some like, like for the type of player he is, they gave him a lot of money. Didn't they give him some like, like whack ass fucking uh, deal where he had like, a, it was like a two year player op, like yeah. two year with it a player like, option. It was like, what are you doing? They gave him a two year deal with a player option on the second year. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, Knicks? Mm-hmm. Ron Baker. Yeah. I think did he's on see, the Wizards now. Did you see that shit uh, with, uh, what's his name? Dolan? The, the owner Dude, of the James Dolan, the worst owner in sports. Oh my. He kicked a fan out of msg madison square garden for saying sell the team that's hysterical apparently he was like have fun watching them on tv mm-hmm. bruh did you watch the video no i just i just saw the bleacher report uh i watched alert the video. when i was at work i watched the video so like he's walking back he's walking off of the court like into the tunnel mm-hmm. right <clears throat> and the, the the guy says sell the team and then you could just see instantly see james tolan like <laughs> he fucking locates <laughs> he says locate he says he and says, eradicate he says hey come here he's like he's like uh i hope you enjoy watching it on tv um because that and he was like what why and james dolan goes uh because that was extremely rude and then <laughs> And then he walks off into the tunnel, right? And then the security guys behind him go say something about like, yeah, like we're gonna th- put him in the box or something like that, like something, some kind of weird security term. What? Um, well, it's like the no fly list of Madison Square Garden, probably. Yeah. Yo, which uh, what's the Knicks player that's on that now? That, I don't know if he's on it, but he got kicked out last year for getting in a fight with James Dolan. Oh fuck, who was that? Can't remember. James Dolan sucks. Yeah. Well, it was just like so, like fucking petty. Like, yeah, I didn't know he did the come here thing. That's ridiculous. Charles Oakley. Oh, Charles last year. Okay, he got kicked out of it. Okay, so so not like a recent. Yeah, um, yeah. You see, Rasheed Wallace is going to coach a high school team. (laughs) That's dope. That's super dope, (laughs) right? Somebody on ESPN, I think it was like Israel Gutierrez, uh, was like. Whenever they like, uh, when they have home games, uh-huh. whenever someone on the opposing team misses anything, the whole crowd should ball be like, "Ball, boy. don't lie!" <laughs> Dude, I, that's one of my favorite fucking uh, highlights from this year. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Larry Nance Jr. getting called for a foul, and then he like they uh, pulled him out and sat him on the bench, and. The uh, dude missed both free throws, mm-hmm. and after both free throws, Larry Nance Jr. Ball, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yo, I felt bad. He got hurt uh, in the Heat game the other night. Apparently, since Kevin Love has come back, was like two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. like around the All Star after the All Star break. Cavs are playing well. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, like the bat, the front court specifically, like the combination of Kevin Love and Larry Nance has been pretty good. Yeah, which is interesting. I like I like Larry Nance. I like Kevin Love too, but like I, I think Larry Nance is good. I think he's, he's a good, good, but I good feel role like he's player. Kind of One dimensional. He's a good role player. Yeah. He's a yeah. he's good at his role. Mm-hmm. I don't like if he if he was three inches taller. You know what I mean? He'd be the player that he plays like. Does that make sense? 
Okay. A I rim runner, rim protector. Yeah. But he's just a little too short for it to be right. great at it. Right. But like even though that type is kind of getting phased out, right? Eh, kind of. But I, I think they're always going to be a, a place If he's three for inches it. taller, he's like prime DeAndre Jordan. Sure. Right? Yeah. With more hops, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't. DeAndre Jordan was a great defender mm-hmm. at that time. I don't know if he'd be that good, but yeah, like, I don't know if I think that that will ever be entirely phased out. The rim runner, rim protector guy that can't shoot. Like, I just don't think, I don't know. Like, I think that like Rudy Gobert is too valuable to not have, you know what I mean? Okay. Having like even Hassan Whiteside on the heat. Mm -hmm. He isn't, he's not Rudy Gobert, but you can feel it when he's in the game, the presence of his defense, right? The, the, the way people don't go to the rim as aggressively or easily. uh, Guys like Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, <clears throat> Mitchell Who, and he's not always, even polished defender yet. Yeah. He just blocks everything in mm-hmm. sight. Yeah, and he well, and he's also just crazy aggressive. Yeah, um, that's why he. Well, like his, he's like Hassan Whiteside when he was young. That's right. exactly what he did. Okay, he just blocked everything. Mm-hmm. But he's always going to have a spot. He's yeah. always going to have a spot as a like a, a good. Role you, player. Yeah, you can always play a role if you have a skill that you're. Our loss great at. to the Knicks, I would say, like he was one of them. Him oh, and yeah. Alonzo Trier. Him and Trier, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the Magic play today? Yeah. Uh, I think the Heat play today, too. We play the Grizz, dude. Oh, we play the Hornets, I think? Big game. Ooh, that is a big game. Big game for the Eastern yeah. playoff race. Fucking, uh, yeah. Let me see. Bleacher We're point. still a game. Oh, no. We play, we play Charlotte in a couple weeks, or later this week. We play Toronto today. Oh, yikes. Now, here's the thing. I think it's in, yeah, it's in Miami. Will they rest Kawhi? Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do my emperor. Convince them. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I hope I, you know, like, if they don't, whatever. The Heat will still play their best. They'll try to win. Also, I there's certain players that just bring something out of Justice Winslow, and I don't know what it is exactly, but those players are Kawhi Leonard and Ben Simmons. They make him play at like this. Different, Does he guard Kawhi? Yeah. When you guys play? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Well, so like he doesn't guard their one. He almost never guards once. Oh, okay. So who guards the the ones? Josh Richardson. It dep- like uh, against the Raptors, Josh Richardson will probably guard Kyle Lowry, and Justice will probably guard Kawhi. I wish we had Josh Richardson. <laughs> I wish, dude. He's so good. He's so good. He real good. Fucking He's like a second round pick. I was I, I was watching some of that game. Who uh who'd you guys just beat? The Cavs. Oh yeah, the Cavs. Yeah, I was watching some of that game because they were losing at first, and yeah. I was like, if they lose, yo, this Josh game, caught fire in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. He like hadn't hit a bucket yet, and mm-hmm. then he just started going crazy. I think I started watching at halftime. Um, but yeah, like when I started watching, they were down by five, mm-hmm. and then fucking just like Justice and and Jay Rich, fucking they got so much sauce, dude. I yeah, was like, no. I was like, if we had those guards, but like we, were yo, like, that behind the back pass Justice threw a few days. Oh, I didn't know yeah. he had that kind of sauce. Yeah. Hell yeah! But yeah, there's there's just. It's it's uh, similar to like the Joel Embiid Hassan Whiteside thing. Like whenever he plays Joel, except for in the playoffs last year because he was hurt, people always forget that he was still hurt. Uh, he just always plays at a higher level. He just bring it brings something out of him. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Kawhi and Ben Simmons do that for Justice. Hmm. Which in the playoff the playoff series was for the most part for the Heat last year not good. We got pretty run run over by the. It was like every game was close until halfway through the third quarter, and then mm-hmm. they blew us out. Mm-hmm. But Justice played great. That was like the the real first emergence of Justice as like this dude could be the the leader of this team kind of guy. 
And that was before he was even playing point guard. But yeah, he last time they played the Raptors, I think they beat us by like two or something. But Justice guarded the shit out of Kawhi throughout that game. He just and it's like that thing where it's like you know, maybe Kawhi still scores twenty five points, but it's it's Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're not going to stop him. Yeah. But when you bring that intensity and that energy level to the court, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Like there was a play where he, Kawhi tried to post him up, and like may, maybe you say what you will. Like maybe people lie about Justice's height. Maybe he's not six seven. Maybe he's more like six five, six six. But the dude is rocked. Mm-hmm. The dude is strong as fuck. Yeah. So like Kawhi tried to post him up, and he was just standing there. Just taking it like really? that, you know that picture of Boogie <clears throat> with Carl Anthony Towns is like yeah. kind of made me feel like that. Like right. Kawhi just couldn't back him down, right. and I was like, "That's my boy." <laughs> <laughs> and then I think like it's funny because he was like doing that, and then Kawhi just like hit to turn around fadeaway, and yeah. it's like you you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You played the best defense you can play based on your size, length, and athleticism and mm-hmm. and strength. Yeah, and you stopped him from getting the look he wanted, was able to and then he just hits a tough shot. Yeah. It's like you can't do anything. It's yeah. like when D Wade does his bullshit. Mm-hmm. He goes to the left side of the court. He posts somebody up halfway to the paint, and then he does this crazy fadeaway shot, and he's so good at it for some reason. Oh, I saw. So I don't know where this person got it, but I saw on the the Orlando Magic subreddit like uh, the different players effectiveness from different areas on the court yeah yeah yeah. um and i was like I, I fucking meant to like send it to you because i know that you were wondering about Derek jones in the corner mm-hmm. is it on there no no no, no. It, uh fucking I, I wonder if there's like a resource where that person got it yeah from, you know that's I mean? exactly like, i want to know where but, people find that information but Jonathan Isaac. Like, right? do you need second spectrum by ESPN? Jonathan Isaac is way better in the corner than he is, like, over the top. That's of the normal. Yeah. Right. It's normal. But he's, like, shooting, like, 45% from the right corner and then, like, 32% from Very the other corner. That's where Derek Jones is good from, too, Crazy. the right corner. When like, he's in the right corner, I'm not sure if he's missed all season. It's insane. Let's do some shout-outs, bro. Yeah. Got to wrap it. You want to go first? Did you had one? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Have I ever talked about 8-bit philosophy on this podcast? I don't think so. No? Okay. 8-bit eight, philosophy. 8-bit like Mario? Yeah, exactly. Um, 8-bit philosophy is a YouTube series. Uh, the, the channel itself is called Wisecrack. Um, but the, they have a, uh, a series called 8-bit philosophy where they literally just talk about philosophical ideas, but they do it with visuals, like the visuals of Mario, Donkey Kong, oh, okay. uh, and, and, and different just like the 8-bit styles. They're not always like a specific game, um, but it, it's an 8-bit visual style. Mm-hmm. Um, that explains all of the the things, the philosophical theories that you're learning about. Um, and it's just a really fun way to visualize philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's way more uh, easier to comprehend um, than just like watching a normal video. Um, there is... Uh, yeah, it's crazy how much a good uh, like visual aid can help with stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 Um, and but, like a creative one is really cool. Yeah. They're just, uh, they're really well done um, and really fun, really easy um, to learn. Uh, there's out of a lot of the videos that I've seen on there, probably my favorite one is a video called what is evil? What is evil? So it kind mm-hmm. of it ties into what you're talking ties about. Ties into what I was talking about earlier. Right. Uh, but it was like basically looking in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it basically talks about this, uh, this journalist, Hannah Arendt, um, or she's a philosopher, but she went to, um, Jerusalem, um, 
during fuck what, what are they, the Nuremberg trials. Okay. Um, and sat in on the trial for Adolf Eichmann, um, who. Yo, why are so many people in Adolf bad guys? Well, I mean, he was literally involved with. Uh, World War Two and yeah. um, the Holocaust. He was in charge of transferring a lot of um, Jewish people to concentration camps and, and death camps. Man, that's crazy. Right. Um, but during this trial, she you know got to see this person face to face, and she knew who she was going to be writing about mm-hmm. before she got to Jerusalem. Um, and you know, and on her entire way there, she thought that he was going to be you know this fucking villain that was twisting his mustache. She gets there and she realized that he's just a dude yeah. and uh, that like, he's just a guy that was following orders mm-hmm. um, and the, where his evil was coming from was just like the, in the, um, the machine of it, you know, like the, the, yeah. the, the cog in the machine kind this of thing. Interesting, Cause uh, I talk kind of tying back to something I talked about Matt Colville earlier. Right. One of the videos that he does, uh, and I think it might've been his politics series that he, he did where he does, um, where he talks about like, politics and how they work in the real world and how you can use that to implement running your games. Hmm. And one of the things he talked about was it might've been from a Q and a, I don't remember, but somebody basically asked him if they were like, how do you get people to empathize with your villains and how do you make them realistic? And he was like, the thing you have to realize about most villains throughout history is that they were just cogs in the machine. Mm-hmm. Essentially. So they're just following orders. And then he talked about, um, there's some sort of, uh, uh, experiment that some that some people did to test the limits of what people would do in terms of like what's evil mm-hmm. based on orders yeah. right mm-hmm. so they basically said like you have to follow your orders and they yeah. set up a thing where like it shocks somebody yep. they press a button and it shocks we them. learn about this in psychology yeah. yeah and basically like they were like they the um, the length that people would continue hurting someone yeah because it was their orders yeah is crazy yeah and that was sort of like what he talked about he was like you'd be surprised what you would do mm-hmm without even realizing that it's e- realizing how evil it is just based on following orders. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and that's what is so scary about Nazism and the Holocaust, right? Is the the fact that like those were humans. Yeah. That's what's terrifying about yeah. it is the fact that those were humans. Like you can't like just completely demonize them and set them off like as like some yeah, anomaly dude. of of everyone, human existence. Everyone involved had their own story, their own personal life, their yeah. own families, their families, own friends. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but like that's maybe just you in maybe, a different situation. Maybe their own misgivings. It's, it's obviously like obviously you can't condone that. Obviously I mean, like it's happening right you, now with uh, kids that are coming across the border being put in these weird camps, mm-hmm. and uh, I I would probably say that the people doing it aren't all evil horrible people mm-hmm. they're just following orders yeah. it's their job yeah it's hardcore yeah it's, it's like the but the reason that that you need to know that is not to condone what they're doing it's but it's to examine yourself yeah to like understand like oh like i can i am also capable of those kind of that mm-hmm. kind of fucked up shit and i need to be aware of that in yeah. order to come combat it yeah um but yeah, but like the the term that Hannah Arendt used to 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 label and quantify this idea was the banality of evil. Okay. The banality of evil, like the 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 fact that like villainous acts um, are not achieved by these these people that yeah. are twisting their mustache, but by just every it's everyday shit. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it's weird, like that sort of mentality like, that like evil's that, boring. Yeah. That sort of uh, you just follow your orders. You do you fit in. You, mm-hmm. you know, you fit in, you don't fit out. Mm-hmm. It all, it, it like trickles all the way down to like elementary school bullying. Mm-hmm. 
like just the the herd mentality of mm-hmm. everyone picking on someone because mm-hmm. someone else is yeah. it's the same thing yeah it's so crazy eight bit philosophy you said it's called yeah eight bit philosophy cool. um all right mine is a, a musical duo i guess um check them out on spotify their names uh they are called lewis del mar which is the name of a person, but it's a they. <laughs> um, they uh, it's two guys named uh, Danny Miller and Max Harwood, and they've been working together since they were in elementary school. They've been making music together. Oh, it's okay. really cool. They're from the Washington, Washington D.C. area, and th- it's kind of hard to describe their music. The way I had to go on Spotify to see how it's described in the biography on there, um, it says a New York-based electroacoustic indie pop duo, and then later it says. Uh, what I think is a good explanation. Uh, where is it? And the kind of oh, that's oh, cool. They Lewis named the project Delmar. after their fathers, named both named Lewis, hmm. and their coastal locale of, of the of, beach, of the yeah, or of the ocean. Mars, yeah, Mars yeah. ocean, Playa Playa's Playa's beach. beach. Yeah, I know that from learning all my French. Yeah, <laughs> it says melodic and percussion driven, and incorporating samples and manipulated sound. That I think is a pretty good description. Say it again. Melodic and percussion driven, and they incorpor- incorporating samples and manipulated sound. Huh. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very unique style of 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 oral experience. <laughs> oral with an A. Um, they have uh, they have a lot of like singles on Spotify. They have one full album called Louis Del Mar, which takes all the songs from their original EP, which I think was four. Yeah, four songs. So the EP is dope. It's just these four songs called Loudy, Loud, a parentheses, Y, parentheses, and then Waves, Wave, parentheses, S, parentheses, and then Malt Liquor and Memories. That's the EP. Um, and then they made a full-length album called Louis Del Mar. Mm. Um, though that EP, like if you're like, if you just like, if that sort of style of music seems interesting to you, that sort of very electric-infused, percussion-driven thing, uh, if that sounds interesting, just go check out their EP. It's only four songs. It's very quick. It's super dope. And if you like that, go check out their album. It's Louis Del Mar. They're very cool. So Louis Del Mar, 8-Bit Philosophy. Mm-hmm. Check those out. Those are our shout-outs. We, uh, we have successfully vamped. We did it. Yeah. We pushed an extra 30 minutes out of this thing. Hour 35. Yeah. Average. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. Hit up the socials. We got... Uh, I got a date with our friends. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, check out Chris on his website, chrismichaelstott.com. Read his scripts. Chris Michael Stott on Instagram. Find me, Davinwell25, on Twitter and Instagram. Hit up Facebook for the poll for this. Mo- oh, shoot. I don't think we ever put that on Facebook. It's on Twitter, but I'll, I'll, we'll put it on Facebook. Okay. Um, for the poll this month, we're doing a Scorsese poll. Um we're choosing between a Scorsese De Niro team up poll, yeah. uh, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. It will be yeah. my first time seeing whichever one wins, which mm-hmm. is exciting. We'll do a spoiler episode on that at the end of the month. Um, come back later this week. We're going to talk about Captain Marvel. We went and saw it opening night, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, find the show, uh, the Chris and Kyle show on everything Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all spot, all, all Spotify, all all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, um, and TCAX Pod for Twitter. I think that's it. I think uh I think we out. We out, stay weird. Peace.